At Amigo Rico, Amigo Pobre podcast, we believe in the power of knowledge, communication, and shared experiences. Our channel is dedicated to fostering healthy financial conversations and equipping individuals with tools to navigate their financial journey. Today, we are all going to talk about our money journey. We want to share our journey and our growth in hopes of inspiring others. And it's really important to kind of be humble because none of us, none of us, none of us grew up with money here. Anyway, well, I don't know, maybe. But anyway, we'll uh, get started. So we'll go ahead and start with um, Eduardo. So Eduardo, I want to know what is the earliest memory that you have about money and how did it make you feel? And did that impact your experience or your view um, or mindset about money uh, as you were growing up? Well, that's a really great question. I'm going to go ahead and add to the intro the, the part that I, I think is very valuable for our listeners and viewers, which is we all have different upbringings, different backgrounds. And I want to say that this podcast is actually going to focus on that, how we view things differently, how our experiences are different, and how we're all working together towards a common goal, which is create generational wealth or whatever that may be to you, create a rich life like we saw on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay, back to the question. My first memory that I have that involves money is um, when I was young, let's say six or seven years old, I saved up some money, which was seven pesos. I lived in Mexico. Um, we were fairly poor and that was my life savings. At the time, my mom was learning or attending school to become a nurse, nurse protection, something a nurse. And in Mexico, the way you get from point A to point B, you pay your taxi cab, your t- yeah, whatever, fare. You pay your yeah, fare. Yeah, um, so my money was stolen. And I was very upset because it was my life savings. And I told my mom, I remember telling my mom. And I don't recall her passing up immediately, but I remember I was furious. I couldn't understand how someone just stole my money. Eventually, she told me that she had to take my money because she had to go to school. And as a six, seven-year-old, I don't know how, how you're supposed to process that. I don't even know it now. Like, think giving advice to somebody that just went through that. So, I re- I do remember that I, like, all my anger was washed away, and I don't know. I, I don't know if it made me feel good, but it definitely had a lot of internal battles where I was like, okay, I saved some money, but my mom needed it. Like, maybe I felt good. I don't know. But that's the first memory I have about money. And I, I, I do want to point out, like I said, again, to, to whoever listens and to you guys, seven pesos is not a lot of money. Like a dollar maybe back then was 10 pesos. That was 70 cents, like you said. <laughs> um, now it's worth half of that. <laughs> but that was really goes to show how much it wasn't, but that meant the world to me. And also, like it was needed. My mom needed it. Like she didn't have that. She had to go. Imagine... Um, we have children. Imagine going to our child thinking, like, I'm take your full life savings, which is less than a dollar, because I need it. And that's fucked up. <laughs> yes, that's um, but But yeah, I guess slowly but surely, I'm sure, made me who I am today. And I'm grateful. Oh, and your mom was trying to better herself to provide more for you. Oh, as absolutely. Well. And she told you, I mean, she was yeah. honest. Yeah. So she told you why she took it yeah. and hoping, and it turns out that you would understand. As you yeah. said, like you had a feeling and then that feeling was like, they're yeah. not. <laughs> but you bring up a really good point too. Like how would your mom would have felt? That's what she needed, right? Yeah. We need so, her on this podcast. Thank you for sharing, Eduardo. So um, Claudia, mm-hmm. you are um, Eduardo's wife. And tell us about your experience growing up. What's your earliest memory about money? So my earliest memory about money 
I also grew up in Mexico and every Sunday I would get a domingo, so like kind of like an allowance. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember there's like a flea market there. And so we would go every Sunday and I was very into Barbies. I'm like obsessed over Barbies and I would like buy them clothes. And I was very like, I don't know why, but I was very goal oriented. And so at one point I figure out that I had money and I was young because I moved here when I was 10. So I must have been maybe six or seven. And so I figure out that sometimes my peers in school didn't have money after school and I could let them borrow <laughs> money <laughs> and then they would have to pay me back like an extra 50 cents or an extra dollar. So then I could afford to buy the precious clothes that I wanted for my Barbie. So I would you hustled that. the poor <laughs> I did. I did. And she no was, one taught me that. She I was, was a loan like, shark. <laughs> <laughs> I did. But. Hey, I had something that they needed and my brain knew to do that. I was like, you know what? I really want this like cool. wedding dress, whatever. And it was more expensive. So I would like save up my money and create more money and then would eventually get to my goal, which was, you know, as a little kid, like that was my goal. Just like a new outfit for my Barbie. But yeah, that was my first uh, memory of money. So do you think that shaped your experience with money as you got older? Like, would you say that you would have, like, a positive view or, like, a, a negative view about money? Uh, positive. Yeah, positive for the most part. I think it kind of shifted. Like, sometimes in my life I had, like, negatives. And because we also went through some money where, or some periods of time where I didn't have money. And so then I was like, oh, my God, what do we do? But, but like, the whole, because, you know, it's, it's not like you have money and you have money forever. Mm -hmm. Like, it changes throughout your life. That's awesome. Um, thank you, Claudia. Jose, what is your earliest uh, memory about money? Well, for me, uh, Claudia and I come from the same small town in Mexico, so I can relate on the sense of uh, the, the flea market and the experience of in kindergarten. But my story is also related to getting my allowance on the Sundays, on the Domingo. My domingo. It was yeah. about 10 pesos. I know it was 10 pesos because it was very specific. Okay. Um, Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's one, one coin. It, that's it what was, I used to get too. Yeah, it was one. It was one coin. That's like that. That's actually very simple. Like you get one coin, and but for me, I I guess uh, during my birthdays or Christmas during fe festivities, my mom would give me stuff, gifts. So to me, uh, those ten pesos were more of a. I have this amount that can help me buy the thing that I want, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't expect it. I guess, but I knew it was coming. More of like I was the vehicle for the money to uh, be used, but I didn't do anything extra to earn it. Mm -hmm. So, like you mentioned, Eduardo, your story about you know you your feelings towards the money that was taken from you. For me, I didn't have any emotional attachment to the money. Mm -hmm. Like it was there one time, and then it was gone. So it I wasn't preoccupied about what am I going to do if I want something else and I don't have the money to it. It was like if I have the money. I'm going to spend it. Yeah. And, and you then, know, like more was coming every Sunday. Well, it, it, it was, again, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and part of that, like, made me think of, like, I knew it because even on Sundays, my mom, would, I don't know if she was joking or not, but she would be like, go ask your padrino or madrina, like mm -hmm. for your domingo. So I, I would, because I'm, I, I am, or was that gullible. Like if I, somebody told me, Hey, go ask them for this. I was like, I would with a serious yeah. face. And but it, so that's pretty much my first few memories about money. There are relate other related, uh, um, you know, stories I can go on. But for me, I guess that was my my pretty much my initial thoughts and process where money is just something that's there and I need to spend it. So that was the purpose for it. Would you say that you continued your I have money, I'm going to spend it into your young adulthood oh way into my early uh, adulthood uh, my mindset started to shift about the abundance <laughs> but uh, they're laughing because they know me where i didn't get serious with money <laughs> i am well but i didn't get serious with money <laughs> until later on yeah okay <laughs> thank you thank you thank you so recently um my earliest a recollection of money is um like eduardo i saved up my my money 
I moved to the States when I was six with my family. And I don't, I remember getting domingos sometimes in Mexico, like sometimes. My, my grandpa would just live with me, but I don't remember getting them. But in Mexico, uh, or when we moved here to the States, we, moved, we lived out West in Nevada and I would um, very much save up my money. So quarters, right? I would like count them up into like four little, you know, four quarters is a dollar. And then I would like, I, I don't know. I felt like, is this what Breaking Bad folks feel counting mm-hmm. all their riches? But mine was quarters. Um, and I was really proud of like, I counted once it was $16. I was really proud of my $16. And I put them back in the box and then top of my closet. And that's how I did things. If I had something nice, I wouldn't even want to use it because I'd be so afraid of getting it broken. I take care of my stuff. So I took care of my money. I, was, I don't know what I was saving for. I didn't necessarily want toys. I like to play outside. Um, I had brats. I like mm-hmm. my brats dolls. They were, those were good. Um, but one day I came back from school and the money was gone. And like, Eduardo, like I was like, uh, I was so sad and scared, right? Because I was like, stole my money. So I was panicking. And um, turns out uh, my dad took it, but he didn't took it to go better himself. He took it to buy beer. So he <laughs> used my money and it was just gone and it made me really angry. Um, and what I learned from that is um, you're always going to have to have a savings because there's going to be like this atrocious event that it's going to take your money and you need to be prepared to have it. So I became a money hoarder. I became really good at saving, but I never bought myself any ever. So once I started working and um, earning my own money, I just saved, 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 because one, I was scared that something atrocious was going to happen and I needed to be prepared. And two, that there was never going to be enough money. So I needed to save to be prepared and um, I also don't like asking for help. I will sit there and drown and struggle. So I never wanted to ever ask anybody ever for money. So that's, yeah. So, so with that, like tell um, whoever wants to go, if you guys want to start. So tell us about your like maybe teen years into young adulthood. How how were you with money? Were you a saver? Were you a spender? Were, what, what, what did you do? Well, if at all. I, I would like to go first because yeah, mine's go still it. it's still very a very short story because <laughs> nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> nothing really changed and except for the fact that uh I did take responsibility. My parent my, my mom and my dad were very good about giving me that responsibility mm-hmm. of using the money to pay for the things that I wanted. How I got that money changed as far as like I got a job at thirteen. And busting tables, and but that amount, whatever I was making, I guess one hundred and forty dollars a week cash, uh, I needed to spend it. And ironically, it was on Sundays because we would go to the mall after church, and I, I that's when I get paid. Therefore, now my domingo, which was used to be ten pesos, now it's one hundred and forty dollars. I would spend it, and then because I will work again next week, have ideally the same amount, and use it again. Emergencies, well, emergencies only evolved in the sense that as a teenager, well, now I have a phone. So I know I just need enough money to pay for my phone bill. And that evolved into, well, I have a car. Well, I just need enough money to make my monthly payment. But I didn't worry about, well, what if something happens to my car? Because at that moment is, if something happened to where I need a new phone because the other one got wet or it got damaged, then I just need to work the same amount of time, save, and then replace my phone. So an emergency wasn't really an emergency to me because I knew I could just get the money by working for it. And that was my mind- mindset. Late into my uh, early 20s and early, early 30s, you might say. <laughs> you, just, you just turned 30. You've only been 30 for like a month. <laughs> well, okay. We're there. Yeah. We're there. <laughs> As you can see, part of my story from when I was like 9 or 10 didn't really change because, I mean. didn't have to. There was a yeah. yeah, there was abundance. I I guess I've been lucky, blessed that I've been sur- been surrounded by people who kind of knew, hopefully, quote unquote, what they were doing. And in this case, my parents. Take where, care of you. Yeah, their job. Yeah, they were they were just taking care of me. Like, but I wasn't the type of person to always ask and access, except for when it was my birthday. I had the expectation of I was getting something big, and around Christmas time, which you know, until coming to the states was the other reyes, so three gifts. So. 
ironically, it was I expected one big item and three little items at least uh, once a year. So I just learned to expect that. Like you just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it will be there because that was how it progressed throughout my life. Yeah, I guess that that addresses the question, right? Yeah, that does. Yeah, okay. so that's just, that's a good point. I mean, then you don't and you don't have you don't change until you have to. Like there has to be something intrinsic for you to actually change. Right? And, and luckily, the, luckily yeah, <laughs> luckily there wasn't there wasn't a big significance because even through college, I mean, I I I worked for the scholarships, quote unquote, by applying for them or mm -hmm. by getting good grades. So I guess I worked and I expected the reward. So it was kind of like a, you know, one plus two should equal three. I knew what the outcome should have been. And I had, I had all go next because I have the opposite experience of you. Then go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so growing up, right, scarcity mindset, there's never going to be enough or whatever. Um, big for me, like the need of money, the need to have to save your money is because of big events in my life. And one of the big events that I remember is moving, moving from Nevada to Tennessee, right? Like my mom saved up money and we left and, you know, she got divorced and she left and we're, we were landed in Franklin, Tennessee, which is a culture shock of in and of itself. But um, because I was a really good saver, I also started working at Save 17, but I did not spend my money. I saved it. I paid for my phone for myself. Um, I saved up for my first car, which was shitty, but it paid, it didn't, it, it barely worked, but it got me from okay, school yeah, from for, point like a, a to point B. for like a year till I like really died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, so I saved my money and I purchased my big expenses, not, not relying, not wanting to rely on anybody else. My mom was a single mom working, trying to support three kids. I never wanted to be a burden on her. So. I was very independent from a very young age um, in, in the sense that I worked and I, I worked and then I got paid and then I saved my money, but I never, that's all I knew. You work, you get, you save, you get earned and you save. That's it. Right. You buy enough for your expenses and then you save the rest. So, but at, at the same time, I'm grateful for that because um, I grew up uh, and I had DACA when I graduated high school. So I, for those of you that don't know, DACA recipients don't get any federal aid of nothing. You get nothing. So um, I paid for school out of pocket. I didn't qualify for those hope scholarships, for those lottery scholarships. But I wanted to go to college because to me, you go, you get an education, you get a good job, you're set for life, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's what I wanted when I was going older. So if I'm glad that I had my strong work ethic because I was able, at one point I worked on three jobs during college and I was a full-time student. Like, where I was, I was a different kind of hustler. I was, <laughs> but, um, but I put myself through school and I, I don't have any student loans and I did apply for like private scholarships of which I did get some because I had good grades and, and um, volunteer work and shit. Through my savings, we were able to buy our first house um, and our first house is now our investment home. And um, that, but it was, it was, I, I saved up a lot so that I could, finish my degree, a degree that I'm not using, um, and, uh, and save. So that's always been up, up until recently with recent life events that I kind of changed my mindset around saving and saving and saving and just kind of stockpiling it in the bank and making it work for me and making it do. But it really was probably about two years ago when I realized that there is more out there than just saving. Um, and I can't save my way to retirement and I cannot save my way towards wealth, um, wealth that I've never had, but wealth that I'd like to build. All right. So I guess I grew up in Mexico and we were pretty well off, not like rich, but we had enough where I knew the money was coming in. And my dad used to raise pigs. That was his business. We mm. had a farm and he would just raise pigs, get them nice and fat, and then sell them for profit. I do want to clarify. Not race. <laughs> no, not race. <laughs> raise. Like, get them <laughs> nice and chubby. My dad was the same <laughs> thing. The fastest pig in town. <laughs> yes. Um, That's what I picked in my head. <laughs> and so, because you raised <laughs> anyways um so but then they got some kind of disease and 
Mm. Well, we went bankrupt. And so my dad put a lien on our house so that we could get by. And then we just never caught up. And so at one point, my parents decided that we needed to come to the United States so that we could save our house. So I went from like having, living a very like okay life to being like uh, dirt poor. And so like, I remember like we had like five plates. And so like, we would have to like eat and immediately wash it. Cause if someone else needed a plate, we didn't even have enough. Cause there's only, there's five of us at our house. Um, um, and so after that, my dad became very conservative with money. And so like growing up, he like kind of passed down that wisdom. Cause obviously he had to like learn the hard way. Like, okay, always be prepared for something because you cannot rely on the next paycheck or on the next time that you sell off your animals or um, whatever it is. Um, and so, like, he always wanted us to have savings. And when I became an adult, he went with me to open up my bank account. He taught me how to write a check, how to, like, check my balance, how to use a credit card. Like, I was not allowed to use a credit card like a credit card. I was only supposed to use it like a debit card. Like, if you do not have the money, you could not spend it. That was my dad's rule. And we also could never spend more than, like, his allowed amount. So we had to keep $1,000 in the bank at all times. Like, we could not go less than 1000 That was his rule. And that was kind of, like, to keep us safe. And so that like really played into my life as an adult uh, through college. I did not ask for any loans. So I just like continued to work and I lived at home so I didn't have to pay for housing. Um, and I just became a really good saver and just wanted to be prepared. And he did that for me, you know, like he taught me how to do that. And then so when we got married and I kind of took that with me where we were just saving, taking care. Like I knew like, okay, this much I need for bills. And then this is my play money and this is my saving money. And so I guess through his experience, I got some really cool knowledge that I retained. Those yeah. are good. Those are good. Good. Yeah. Go, go your dad. I'm glad I went first because it has been building up. <laughs> <laughs> from right. that. Uh, for the record, I did work through college. <laughs> I spent it all. But I did spend every single dollar that I made because that was my mindset. Now, I know it was one of those about to blow it out of the water. I of those no, I, I think, well, let me start off again. I just want to point out every single time, because I hear these stories, I want the viewers to know they're very successful people. <laughs> Maybe we have a great marriage. Oh, yeah. I mean, individually, not. <laughs>
he doesn't have to pay me back. <laughs> Which, I don't know, it's a different principle. Like, later on in life, I met a teacher um, at school, obviously. And uh, she, I told her, because I used to go to high school, I would walk to school. And I would walk back. And it was not in my school zone. And that's a whole different story. But anyways, I got a ride from a teacher who was not even my teacher. She was an art teacher. I didn't even take art. I don't know how the hell we met. It doesn't matter. <sighs> and she would talk to me like, why don't you have a car? Why don't they pick you up? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I got to if I went to school, I got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the type of debt, right? Yeah. And um, I remember at one point, somehow it came up and I was like, yeah, I pay rent. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I, I pay rent at home. And she said, why, why did you do that? I'm like, well, because my dad takes care of me. So, <laughs> like, you're hardwired. So I just pay my share. And then she said something to the nature of, I don't remember it very specific, but it was something to the nature of, it is his job to take care of me. And that's like a, like a little shift, like, wait a second, she's right. That is a good argument. Like, yeah. Why the hell have I rent? <laughs> um, so it's, it's little things like you don't know what you don't know. And, and at the time throughout this whole time, oh, and what I'm getting at is now I do believe that we have children and I do believe it is our job to take care of them. I might charge your rent. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Once they turn 18, maybe. <laughs> but, but my point being is these little things make you who you are and you don't question it. That's just your reality. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's your reality. So that's kind of how I was brought up. And um, later on in life, I remember seeing a, a client who told me she made a million dollars. And I remember thinking, this person doesn't know how to read taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I saw the, the income, and it wasn't a million dollars, but it was like pretty fucking high income that I've never seen. I didn't even think it was well, possible. It was gross. Gross. Right. Yeah, the gross and the net. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it was still it was, a lot. It was still it a lot. Was a lot of money. And I couldn't believe it. And this is back when, like when I became a realtor. And uh, just goes to show how much, you, again, back to, I'm going to know what you don't know. But um, I did know what I didn't want to do, which is how my parents <laughs> lived. And when I was, I want to say 18, maybe, maybe 17, uh, around that time, I started to bookkeep my parents' uh, small business. They cleaned houses for them. And I started, you know, really simple. Write down how much money is coming in, write down where it's all going. And it became a really successful bookkeeping business because I also worked with them. I worked, I helped clean their house, houses with them. My brother, help clean houses and it was my dad and my mom so it was a family owned and operated business uh and it helped me realize a lot of things about finances because when i started first of all my dad did not want to pay me and <laughs> i just had that because he did not want to pay me so i told him i'll give you two free months but you got to pay him for the accounting and eventually what happened is throughout i want to say six months stretch to a year stretch i don't know um they were behind in Texas like three years. They were drowning in debt. And they just didn't know where their money was going. Now, I think this was a training for me to get serious about my finances. Because I I took over the whole household. And again, to the whole paying rent thing, during that transition, everything was split. Like we all four of us made all the money. But all four of us paid all of the bills, including their debt and their taxes. <laughs> was it fair? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure if he owed nothing and was just making money, he would not give me a fourth of that. Right? Yeah. So essentially, all of us collectively. But back, I digress. Back to my point is, I, I figured a way to, like, that money, it works. Like, you can make it work. All I have to do is figure out where it's going and don't let it go. Because it got to a point where I was getting my mom and my dad, like, $100 a week. That was it. Like from their hard-earned money, that's all they got. But bear in mind that that included the mortgage was taken care of, their bills were taken care of, their back there was paying, paying up, um, taken care of, and their savings started to grow. And I remember, so if you, if you look back, they were the type of people that would need something and call their top three, right? Mm. Their, I don't know if it was a washer or dryer, broke. 
and they needed one. And we went to Home Depot, and I remember because they came to me like, can we, can we afford one? Like, yeah, let's go. At the time, I guess I didn't really know what they were worth, but I figured we have X amount of money. But there wasn't a lot. It was probably like $2,000, right? So we go, and we buy one. And then later on, that day or the next day, they, my parents came to me and they told me, like, we have never, ever been able to afford any appliances without, with our own money. And I was, it made me feel good. So I started to realize, hey, you can control this thing. Like, yeah. like slowly, like I said, that, that, that wasn't the shift I would have had last year. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the shift. But it really, it definitely it helped towards, you know, what it is now. Because um, I also worked uh, really hard. I remember I went to community college. I went there two years and I left. Away. I did graduate. <laughs> Um, and I was in the morning, I would wake up like at seven to go clean houses. And I remember that I'll share, I'll share this story and then we'll call it quits. My story. I went to clean the house at seven in the morning, right? And there was a lady, the homeowner, which I, bear in mind, like I've been working for years now. The people know us, know me. And I say hello, whatever. And I finished my day or half a day, I guess, because uh, college, you only go for a few hours. So then I go to college. Take my class and then go back. So I go back and clean the house. Then we drive home and it was like 4.35 by the time I got home. And I remember I worked at a pizza place, washing dishes, and being a busboy. But the my schedule was different from everybody else in the store. So I would come in at 6. Everybody comes in at 4 or 5. I would come in at 6 because what? I had school and work. So as soon as I get home, my parents, I was so hateful. Like my parents would rest. <laughs> I would change and go to work at the pizza place. And like, here I am, the rush hour, it's like 7 p.m., right? And I'm a busboy. And I'm over there cleaning dishes. And who is there? The same lady that I seen her at 7 in the morning. And she says, what are you doing here? Weren't you in my house this morning? I was like, yes. She's like, don't you go to school? I was like, yes. She's like, and you work here at night? I'm like, yes. She says, when do you have fun? I said, I just don't sleep. (laughs) And then I laughed because you guys know me. And she knows me kind of is. And I said, I'm kidding. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny, but it's a little, a little, another paver towards what we are now when where we're going over the future. And uh, it's one of those stories that's stuck to me because like, you guys know me. And back then, Jason would come pick me up. Uh, he's a friend of ours. <laughs> he would come pick me up after I'm like, done washing the dishes, closed up at 11, and then we head out downtown to drink and hang out. And then guess what? Next day, get up in the morning, go to school, come back and finish off the day. Oh my gosh, can you even imagine doing that now in your 30s? I can't even imagine staying up. (laughs) (laughs) To 11. I I put in a good day, a good, in a good week, I put in four hours a week, four hours of work. (laughs) And I'm toast. Goals. (laughs) Okay, continue on to the next question. <laughs> Claudia, uh, what, what would you say, if, if any, uh, do you have like a moment where that you vividly remember that uh, like it's, it's a pivot, like you made that decision so I'm taking money more seriously. Do you have a moment like that when you remember? I think I always took it seriously. I don't know that I had like a moment. Maybe like I had a shift where I started to view money as we were, we got married and then, um, vehicle. yeah, more of a vehicle. Like, okay. Cause we, we, when we got married, we paid for our wedding. We had some help, but we paid for our wedding. So we were like in saving mode. And so like after the wedding, we're like, okay, so we're already in this saving mode. What do we do with our money? And I, I was actually lucky enough that I had some like family members who owned several properties and I had already questioned him all about it. I'm like, how do you do this? <laughs> Cause I was very curious. I've always been very curious about money. And so fast forward, we're married and we're like, okay, we're going to continue to save, but what but do we do with what? the money? Like what now? Do we just let it sit? And then, luckily enough, I married a realtor who knew his stuff. (laughs) And he said, well, do you want to go ahead and start investing? And I kind of 
Because, you know, like my... She already had that bug when we met. Yeah, I already had that bug because of my uncle. Um, the one that I had questioned. Um, so, but I always thought that was something that you did when you were older. And I didn't think I was that old. We weren't. And we weren't. <laughs> and we weren't. We were not old at all. And so he said, well, do you want to start investing? And I was like, really nervous. Like, I didn't sleep I for didn't a day. I awesome story. Take notes. <laughs> I used to like not sleep. I was nervous. I was praying every night, every morning when I woke up. Um, but yeah, we bought our first investment. Wait, tell them how long after we decided. Okay, so this is why I was a nervous wreck. We decided, okay, we're going to invest our money. We're going to buy our first property, rental property. And then the next day, Eduardo finds a house down the street from where we live. Yeah, okay. so he calls me up. I'm at work. I'm teaching all day, and then on my on my way back, he calls me, and he's like, "Well, don't go home. Come to this address. It's right around the corner." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, <laughs> what happened?" He's like, "Found a house. I'm hanging out with the old lady who's selling the house. He was inside, like I don't know, probably having cookies or something." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had like a little cardboard sign that. Uh, open house or for sale or something like that. It, it was off car, market. It, yeah. yeah. It was like the weirdest thing. It didn't have AC. I remember that. It didn't have an HVAC system in the house. Yeah, it didn't it did have some AC. Work. It needed a lot of work. Oh my God, make notes for this because we're going to talk about that situation. Yeah. High interest rate, ridiculously housed, like shitty loan, and it has been the best the investment. The best investment, yeah. But for so... So... I wasn't sure if I was ready to do it, take a jump. So that's why I was like praying and stuff. But we did, and I'm so glad that we did. Like, how long did it take you? Like, from the day he found the house to when you were on board and got it? What was it? What was it? Like, when, how long did it Oh, take? I think I was on board like the next day after mm. I slept on it, but I'm still nervous about it. And so I kept praying and yeah, like okay. until the day we closed, which yeah. is probably like 30 days. Yeah. Well, I think it's a mixture of, like you said, what went, what, sh what shifted. I think the shifted, the shift happened when you're like, let's do this. The whole actually doing it and like being nervous, it's, it's bound to happen yeah. initially. And uh, now we're talking about years later. Now that's not an issue. Now <laughs> he's like, I found a deal. I'm like, where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> Which is teamwork, you know? You, yeah, you yeah. And I trust him. And, yeah. Now it's the other way around. Now I'm nervous. But now, like, like she said, she trusts me. So now I got on the fucking page. I'm like, oh shit, if it doesn't work out, she trusted me with all this. It's... But anyways, yeah. That's really cool. So it's your first. So you, you, you've kind of always been curious about money. And your curiosity led you to ask questions. That led you to find answers that you felt like, oh, I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be 45 and settle before I start. So that's neat. Yeah, that's neat. I'm, I wish more people would realize that. Um, what about you? What would you... Actually, then I think you should go, in this case, because our story kind of kind of intertwined. Yeah. So go ahead yeah. with your, <laughs> um, your seriousness of like, money. Like Claudia, I've always been serious about money. I've never not taken it lightly. I mean, I've never taken it lightly. Um, because, again, I grew up with a scarcity mindset. There's a limited amount of money and something awful is going to happen and I have to have you know, savings aside, I've always taken it seriously. Um, my savings got us our first home. Our first home was is now our investment property, and it paved the way for um, our financial journey. But also, um, my job, my W two job, is um, not my dream. And I always thought that I would have to find a good job, and It'll have to be something like my job would bring me so much joy and I'd be so fulfilled, like the movies, you know, like I always saw myself like I'm going to be that corporate baddie, you know, working my way up and, and all of that. And um, that takes a lot of time, a lot of years. And I've just learned that companies don't really care about you the way you will care about you. So um, I, I, in my, and for me, the, the, going into a leadership role, having to control other people's times, holding them accountable um, to all of these things for a business that's not mine. Um, and something that I don't really believe in, and I'm just there for a paycheck, a steady, a steady paycheck, um, it drains the life out of me. And I, I said, there has to be more. There has to be more out there. 
And um, our, our first home, we became accidental investors. And that's a podcast episode mm-hmm. for next time. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always been kind of like the visionary. Are you a visionary or are you, what's the other one? The, um, Realist? No. Imp- Integrator, integrator, yeah. like visionary, integrator. I've always been the visionary in the relationship. Is this is what I want? And then Jose's like, "Well, okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what step one." And is I think at this point you're passing the torch on to me. Because, yes, I am. Uh, I'm the integrator, but my journey or seriousness about money didn't start really until I was I'm 30, right? So I was 28 and a half. Uh, during the pandemic, and that's when I decided that I needed a different job. What was your job? Well, I'm, I'm going to get to that. So I did <laughs> a different job, and that's when I when I got that job is when I realized I am making now more money than I would have made if I stayed as a teacher into retirement. Ever. So Ever. And let's say and I wasn't working in a good district. So now let's fast forward to, fast backwards to, I am 22. I graduate college. I'm a teacher. I get my first teaching job. To me, like, that's it. Went to high school, went to college, have a job. I am set until I retire. That was my mindset. Money is going to come. I just have to do my work. Put in your time. Yeah, put in my time, work hard, even after hours. And now, you know, all this feeling about being rewarded plus the money, that's all I need. Right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> yes, Tani obviously always disagreed, but you know she still let me try to. You, you got to figure it out, which does lead to some pressure. So I start, started thinking, okay, 22, 23, 24, I will start looking into a job within the same field I'm already in. Right? That makes sense. I can probably do something within the education uh, environment. Well, that didn't pan out, and I didn't really understand or knew what I wanted to do. It's always that question of. What, do you, what else can you do? You, you can do many things. And that doesn't really help. So, well, at the same time, I was comfortable. It goes back to when I was a little kid. I'm always getting my paycheck because I'm always putting my time. So whenever we got our first home, I knew like, oh, our mortgage is how much? My paycheck can take care of it. Then when we went into, Tanya wanted to go into investing to move into our second home. Well, at that point is when we, I started to realize my paycheck cannot take care of this, <laughs> but I guess, you know, we'll figure it out because we have two paychecks. So again, it was that like, it's doable. Why not keep going with the same concept? And then the pandemic happened where I got, I realized that I was being burned out little in my current teaching job and the shift into trying to accommodate where everybody is shifting to accommodate to you know, be able to function like normal, quote unquote. Well, that used to be my normal, even before the pandemic. I just now saw it in other people that they were trying to adjust and realize that we have to shift how we do things. Well, as a teacher, you always have to be on your toes. At least that's my opinion, to adjust to many different people, many different environments. I took a course, a bootcamp into analytics. And when I uh, started applying for a job and got it, and I took the first offer. I know that's going to be something people will be like, why didn't you negotiate? Again, I'm shifting <laughs> out of like where I'm, I'm comfortable and set for the rest of my life to now a new completely field, quote unquote, starting from scratch. So and I got I accepted the offer. I put in my month notice because they were not going to onboard me until like February. So this is January. And I told them uh, I, I'm leaving in 30 days. And I was okay with that. And by this time, we're in the second year of the pandemics, 2022, 2020, yeah, 2021. At this point, it's like, you know, I'm going to clock in and I'm going to clock out. Because I got, I was working with people who saw it that way too. I am assuming they were kind of burned out. They also had a lot of experience. So I was, there were great people to be at, at that moment in time in my life. And then I started to realize that if I can shift and make this money, more money now that I'm in a new career, I cannot get comfortable again. So that's when I started to realize, well, how much do we have? How much are we spending? How can I figure that out? Then when I, you know, started tracking our expenses, this is September, 2022. So literally less than what, six, nine months ago. 
almost a year ago. And when you, I started looking at how much money we have, how much we were spending, how much I was spending, uh, I realized that this whole time we could have been doing much more. And when you realize what the, I guess for my case, when you realize what the baseline is, the, the starting point where you know if that's how much the lowest we can go, then if we adjust, we can go much higher as far as making our money work for us. And even though I was learning, listening to feedback from Eduardo or from Tania, Claudia, from others, it didn't dawn on me until I got fully involved with trying it myself. And I tend to dive into things that I probably don't understand, but I started to focus on things that I knew I could do, which I can keep up with our expenses and I can limit how much we're using. Um, so we heard a lot of really good content from all of you, um, which is, is very, what do you say? I think it's very valuable because you get to see different upbringings and different perspectives of money because mm -hmm. there is no one way or one one experience that's all, or, you know, it's, it's really, uh, personal finance is very much personal and influenced by how you're upbringing your, your experiences. Uh, right. But at the end of the day, you do have control over mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. if you, if you choose it. So that's really, really good. So, um, uh, as a, as a closing statement, what would you say to someone who is ready to pivot into um, maybe a healthier relationship with money and ready to take on a financial journey? Um, what, what would, what was some advice that you would give somebody who has no idea where to start? I think I'll start because I would not. <laughs> My advice would be to realize that rich people or financially savvy people or just someone that's where you want to be, there's nothing special about them. They're not. I mean, there's really nothing special as far as you can do it. You know, there's, they're not aliens. They're also people. They also started from, from the starting line, you know. And once you realize that, I feel like the fear will go away. And you'll realize, like, they're not more worthy of you. All it takes is a little bit of effort from your part. And you just really wanting it. That's all it is. And as far as the finances goes. I think um, you mentioned something about bookkeeping and what my experience. All it takes is start writing down what you're making, where it's going, figure out if that's taking you where you need to be. That's all. I, it's really simple. There's no magic formula. It's just a simple recipe. Yeah. Want it? Write it down. Work towards it. Baby steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me. Um. I guess go ahead and get started. Don't be scared. Like, yes, you're bound to make mistakes, but you know, take those mistakes and learn from them. And that's how you get to, you know, where you want to be by learning because it's really a learning process. Mm -hmm. You want, you have to be ready to change. Um, so my advice is no one's going to do this for you. So you have to want to do it. You have to. Um, be clear about why you want to do it, right? And do that inner work and, and look at how you how do you view finances? Is it scary for you? Why is it scary, right? Maybe you need to see a therapist. Maybe you're just super broke and no matter what you do and you have student loans on top of that. Um, but write it down, write it down, get started um, and just take small actionable steps sooner rather than later. Because if you start now, you're one day ahead. If you start tomorrow, then that's just how much further you put yourself, right, from the change of that you want to see in your life. Mm -hmm. What about you? For me, I guess uh, each person has their own unique way of seeing things, and whether it's by external forces or internal thoughts, I guess the best advice I can give you is be purposeful with your actions because you are should be conscious of the actions uh, the actions you take and one thing that worked for me is since i tend to hesitate uh whether i should take an action or not i started to follow uh people who were experts who were doing things and i would just follow 
anybody who had experience in finances. And eventually by listening to them, I realized what I want from them and what I don't want. So you start to filter out the people who don't relate to you and you start to focus more on what there's others are doing and you can start applying it to yourself. And by putting yourself in a situation where you get actionable steps from someone else, you can start, start to replicate them and try to apply them yourself based on the steps you all mentioned. Asking for help. Right, well, if you're seeing somebody. Well, I'm just saying be purposeful with your actions. So not so much asking because I, I didn't ask because if I would ask is more of a courtesy than actually, you know, wanting to help because it's all about the hesitation. So I just started to follow influencers or people who I knew probably knew much more, learn from them. And once I did, like, can I do that? Can I apply that? Keeping track of my expenses, I can do that. I have that power. Uh, filing my taxes, I can't. Therefore, you know, that's something that I reach out to somebody else or pass it on for now. Yeah. Money is a tool. It shouldn't be scary. And I think in the um, in the Hispanic culture, especially for women, right, like I, what, it's really important to be educate yourself and to not be scared about the topic and to talk about it openly, right? Um, because you know you don't know who you can help or you don't know who can help you. So I hope that you all learned something from this episode today. Um, give us a like, comment, share, share it with your friends uh, if if you find mm -hmm. something valuable and. Um, let us know. What, what do you want to hear about? Do you have any questions? Um, we're here to help. We are by no means experts. This is not an advice podcast. <laughs> Legal disclaimer. Journey. Journey, we, yeah. we are just documenting um, the beginning, I would say, the beginning of our financial journey. The hardest step is to start, so just do it. I agree. Yes. Uh, I agree. Any questions and we'll start taking calls eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Life questions. Call number one. Oh, I don't know that one. Nice <laughs> card. <laughs> thank you guys so much uh, for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being open with us. And um, I'm excited. See you in the next one. All right. Bye. Yeah, bye.